Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. And today I want to share with you on how Jesus encouraged his, his, uh, his disciples to be ready for his return from the parable of the talents in the book of Matthew chapter 25. So there, he's actually telling us something very important ahead of time prophetically. So uh, let's just go there to read this particular parable. Um, Actually, before we read it, I just want to share a little bit about um, the purpose of reading parables. Um, The purpose of reading parables is not about figuring out too much the detail or too much of the detail, but it's it's more about drawing one or two principles to help us to make sense of some of our current situations in life. Because oftentimes, parables are there to illustrate something very simple, uh, some simple points that we can relate to or something that we can easily remember um, you know, and during the course of the week, and um, and something that the Holy Spirit can easily bring it to your mind, just to help you to remember what He wants you to do. In other words, uh, we don't need to complicate things when it comes to reading parables. Uh, just to just to keep it simple. Keeping it simple doesn't mean it's easy for us to digest, but it's just easy for our heart to remember. Amen. So let's just go there and read. Um, That's from Matthew chapter 25 in verse 14 onwards. For the kingdom of God is like a man who was about to take his journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. The one he gave five talents to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey and and, and the one who had received the five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two more made profit, make a profit and gained two more. But the one who had received one talent uh, went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So yeah, um, this is quite an interesting parable. And uh, what I want to share is, is some of my findings. And I want to talk to you about the talents, the master, the problem, and the solution. And after all that, we can, we can bring all these points to your breakout room for discussion after the message. All right, so let's go. Now, um, first, I want to talk about the talent and uh, what is a talent? And I found that in different translations, um, the talent can be translated as uh, minas or bags or gold or pounds. And uh, some people believe that a talent is equivalent to 36 kilos of silver or 16 years worth of labor or $1 million, you know, uh, in today's value. But, um, but I tend to look at the talent in a different in a different way, in a different meaningful way. I would look at the talent as a talent is something that is very precious and personal to the master. 
a talent is something that is very uh, is very valuable, uh, but and yet the master is willing to entrust them to his servants. So, so the so a talent could mean an ability, a gift. So, say if you are good at craftsmanship or entrepreneurship or leadership, you know, as a talent, as an ability. Uh, if you are good at singing. Um, teaching or parenting uh, is a gift, is an ability, is a talent. Uh, whether it's natural to you or you nurtured it over time, but I really think that um, that the or, or how do you call it is not the focus. The focus should be you have received something from the Lord, and something that is precious, something that the Lord generously gave you, and I believe that should be the focus. Is it's not about how we call it. And um, and why? Because it shows that the master is kind and generous to the servants. And same as the Lord. The Lord's been kind and generous to us. Um, I can also um, read, the read a talent as an opportunity. So like, you know, like how the master, how the master gave the servants the talents. The talents can be, Opportunities to receive the word of the Lord, um, or a talent can mean an opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit, or His salvation, or an, an opportunity to serve Him, and uh, an opportunity to activate someone else's faith. So, um, so I really believe that um, the talent can be read in different, in many different ways. Uh, but I really felt like the Lord put on my heart is that the talent is an opportunity. You know, the master gave the servants opportunities, um, you know, to, to reproduce, you know, to activate something and to do something with it. And an uh, and opportunity, you know, how I see an opportunity is that um, an opportunity wasted is an opportunity we miss in reproducing what the Lord has given us uh, um, in other people. And that's why um, you can see all the pastors, you know, they're out getting sent out. Um, to minister to people and uh, and to reproduce what the Lord has given them, you know that's why Helen and I, you know, we love to do ministry. You know, it's it's always there, so so it's we, we just love it. So that's how we see the talents. Okay, in verse nine, I'm gonna read from here. Is that now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me five talents. See, I have made a profit and gained five more. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little, and I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. So, um, so, so let's talk about the master. I really believe that this master carries the character of God. And uh, and and while we, you know, while we are thinking about what is the talent, and I really believe that what is important, what is more important, is why the talents were given to us. What's the reason why we're getting it? And I and I've got a few reasons. I have a few thoughts. Number one is that here it says. The master entrusted the servants with what belongs to him. 
So this parable says a lot about the character of God, you know, and um, and and basically the word is entrust. And what I believe is that it shows the character of God that that the master is not a withholding master. Same as for the Lord. The Lord is not a withholding God. He's a generous God. He's open-hearted. He's open-handed to us. You know, uh, the talents and the resources that are from the Lord are freely given to us. And we are free to choose to do what to do with it or what not to do with it. And the problem, uh, not the problem, I guess like the issue is that we are free to choose but also we are, we are free to choose not to do anything with it, right? But at the end of the day, we have to realize that we will be called into an account with the master. So even though it's been freely given to us, but it doesn't mean we're not accountable to us, right? So, so yeah, so um, while I was reading this, I was thinking, have we been thinking about or have we ever thought that God was a withholding God? You know, even though things that uh, uh, things that we pray for or the promises of God that the Lord has promised us, even though we haven't seen all of them, all of them yet, but have we ever have we ever doubted the character of God? Because the key thing is that we have to we have to choose to believe that God is not a withholding God, even though at times that we have to wait. You know, there's going to be a season that we have to trust Him, but it doesn't mean that He's withholding something from us it doesn't mean that he, he he he's not being generous to us and and i think this parable says a lot about the character of god um what about this have we ever felt like we are not f- free to choose or we were not free to choose you know sometimes have we ever felt like we we felt so restricted or we don't have a lot of options or we're not free to choose or we have to do certain things and uh, and i have to say that this is not from god you know, God has given us a degree of freedom to think through things and to choose what we uh, uh, what we know that we should do. It's very important to know that um, the Lord has given us a freedom of choice, and um, and and sometimes we 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 tend to think that oh well we are waiting for the Lord uh, uh, to make the move, but sometimes I really believe that the Lord is actually waiting for us to make a move. And, uh, and 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 please remember that you know we're not we're not robots. The Lord has given us something, and it's up to it's up to us to choose to do what to do with what He's given us. Amen. So yeah, and um, another thing is that I really believe that not not only the Lord entrusted us with what He's given us, you know, the talents and the gift. I believe that the Master wants His servants to reproduce what he's given us it's one thing to receive but there's another thing to reproduce and um so here i want to talk about um well done and and well done means to get something done yeah i want to share this again i want to repeat this again well done like you know the master said to the servants well done good and faithful servant well done means to get something done okay so let's look at um what is well done and what is not okay so let's look at what well done is not right so well done is not well loved you know i mean we all want to be well loved by the lord and being loved by the lord is good but being loved by the lord we just need to receive it and accept it you know it doesn't require any responsibility from us 
right? So uh, while we want to be loved by, by the Lord, but that's not well done, right? And um, well done is not well listened. You know, even we hear from the Lord. I mean, we can hear a good message. We can hear, we can watch some good uh, uh, Christian YouTube videos, but but with but well listen is not is not well done. That means like after we listen to something, we must respond. We must take action. Yeah, and um, well done is not well felt. I mean, you know, to be able to feel good is good. But the purpose of life is not about feeling good. You know, I found that a lot of people say that I don't feel like it, so I don't do it. I don't feel something from the Lord, so I don't do it. Well, well done is not well felt. You know, how many of you guys uh, uh, get to hear some teenagers say, you know, would, would say, oh, I don't feel like it, so I don't do it. You know, um, it's not about our feelings. It's, it's all about getting things done. So... Uh, what about this? Well done is not well understood. You know, you can understand everything, but you don't do it, right? So, so only by doing what the Lord requires us to get it done can be called well done. So I, I believe all of us would like the Lord to call, you know, to call us a well done and good and faithful servant. So how do we reproduce ourselves to other people, uh, in other people? Um, I would say training. You know, um, we, we always want to, uh, um, you know, to reproduce what, what the Lord has given us in other people. So training is one of the things that we can do. And, uh, and, and I know sometimes it's easier to do things by ourselves. You know, for me, it's easier to uh, uh, say, for example, it's easier for me to cook. Uh, it's easier for me to do work, but it's harder to uh, to handhold someone to to cook or or to to get them to do what I do well. So, but but we just have to do it. It's just all part of it, yeah. And um and sometimes training does take time um, to reproduce what the Lord has given us. Does take time uh, um, to to you know to see the the fulfillment of what we can uh, of what what we want to do. But we just have to apply a bit of patience there. Uh, but it's important to, to understand that. Okay. Uh, the next thing is that I want to talk about the problem. Okay. So in verse 24, where it says, The one who had received one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scare the seed. I was afraid to lose the talent and I went and hit, hit your talent in the ground. See that you have what you own. So what's the problem? Here then came this particular servant who reported to the master and he, he, he told him that I haven't done anything except that I hid it in the ground. And the master rebukes the third servant, this servant, for not putting the money in the bank where he could, we, he could have gotten interest out of it. And his reason was, I was afraid because you are a hard, you are a hard man. I, I really think that, first of all, I want to say that this master is nothing like what this servant accused him of. 
Okay, this master is not like that. The, the master is not like that. And by the way, it's not okay to just blame the master, just to call the master a hard man, making excuses for what you haven't, for what he hasn't done. And uh, and notice this: that the master didn't even ask him to double the talent, while the other two master, uh, while the other two servants double. You know, five to another five, two to another another two. The master actually said to this servant, hey, at least you can put it in the bank and you can get some interest out of it. He didn't even ask him, why didn't you double it? So, so the point of this is that at least you can do something with it, right? Um, I can imagine the master uh, would say, how come you manage this so poorly? You know, and uh, just take that one talent away and uh, give it to the servant who has more. Now, when I first read it, I felt like, man, that sounds pretty harsh. It was a harsh response. And, um, and why don't we give the poor guy another chance? And, um, and, but the more I thought about it, I thought, wait, um, let's put it into perspective. If I can give an, a, a quick example on, um, on, on you giving your entire savings to a broker, uh, to grow, uh, to grow your savings as an investment. So imagine that um, your expectation would be having those funds to grow over time, right? And imagine after twenty years, you know the broker didn't even do anything about it. You know the broker is giving you back the same money after twenty years, and then he said, "Okay, well, you know what, Mister Investor, and uh, this is the money that you have given me, and it's been twenty years now, and here's the money." And imagine, I would say, imagine what I would say. I would say, Mr. Broker, you know, you have 20 years. You have my money for 20, year, 20 years. You could have kept it in the bank, you know. And uh, now I have less money in value than what I had 20 years ago. You know, I trusted you. I trusted you. And now guess what I have to do? I have to withdraw that money and I have to take that money to another broker uh, uh, to, to grow my money. And I have to say before I get out the door and I have to say, you are fired. Is it too harsh? Is it too harsh to say? <laughs> uh, no, probably not to me. And, uh, and, um, and, and I guess this is what Jesus was trying to illustrate that, um, that, hey, look, you're given this. You have to do something about it. You can't just say, oh, well, this is too little. I'm too busy or, or I demand too much. None of these excuses can stand. Amen. So, so the Lord wants, so basically, the Lord wants to impress on us the responsibility that He has given us. The responsibility comes with serious consequences as well. So, so we better listen to the Lord, and, uh, and this message applies to us all. So, I've got a, I've got a few questions for you. Uh, number one is that which servant are you? Which servant are you? And I'll remember one of the guys from my house church. He actually gave a very, very good answer. And, uh, and we were all blown away by that. Um, guess what? He actually said that all of us can be one of the three servants at different stages of our lives. All of us can be all three servants. You know why? Because in some areas of our lives, 
we might have more talents, we might have, we, we might have been more faithful to other people. But the question is, is that how do we treat them? How do we see people who are less faithful, who have less talents than us, right? And we don't want to get prideful and we don't want to look down on them. In some areas of our lives, others might have more, might, might have more talents or they've been more faithful than us. But are we going to compare? Are we going to feel insecure? Um, if we do, what do we do to overcome it? We don't want to stay in the same pit again and again and not changing anything, right? In some areas of our lives, things are not changing. You know, life is not moving forward. Then, then what do we do about that? We can be like the third servant in, in one or two areas of our lives that we were given something and yet we didn't do anything. You know, we didn't do any reflections and we blame other people. We make lame excuses. And, um, and, and, but, but the thing is that we are not powerless to do something about it. We are not powerless to change. So I guess like, I feel really strong about this particular, particular point, because like, I, I've been making excuses for some of the, some of the stuff that the Lord wanted me to do. And, uh, and, and I felt like the Lord actually corrected me. And he said, you are not powerless to make changes, right? Take some time to, th take some time to think about it talk to other people, don't feel like you're powerless to change because you are not. So, so you know that sometimes even though the Lord laid the rewards and consequences before us and we can still choose to not to do it, we can, cho we can still choose to be so selfish about, uh, 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 about, about our lives, you know, and, uh, and we, we don't want to do it, you know. So that's the stubborn nature. That's the selfish nature that we must overcome, that we must deal with it. And you don't want to wait until someone to call you out. You, you know, you have the time to process with the Lord. You have the time to pray. You have the, you have the people around you who love you where you can ask them for help. So don't waste these opportunities until you get called out. Amen. Uh, yeah, man, this is, you know, it, if, 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 if we do, then, then that means like we haven't been faithful to what the Lord has given us. Amen. So what is the solution? So I'm going to come to the end of this now. What is the solution? You know what? The solution can be very, very simple. You know, when you are asked to do something, take the time to think about it. Don't just stop and treat it as if you were not asked to do right? And uh, if you have questions, or if you feel not sure or unsettled about this, you know what, process it with the Lord, process it within yourself, ask for help, you know, um, or, or, or even to even to ask the, the person, you know, the person who asked you to, to do the job. And, and you can even negotiate, just, we, we just can't not do anything about it. Amen. Ask someone who loves you to pray with you or to journey with you. Yes, of course, we have to start it. Of course, we have to endure it when it's hard. Of course, we have to complete it. But, but you know what? Just keep that in mind that you can do it. Don't ever think that you can't do it. That therefore, you don't want to start it. That's the worst thing to do. Some people actually say that when you start a task, you are, when you start a task, you are 50% done. Amen. So my concluding, so that's the, that's the solution. When you, when you are asked something, 
you know, take the time, think about it, ask for help, you know, get someone to journey with you. Don't neglect it. And um, yeah, so so remember, guys, we all have talents. We all have talents. It's not it's not about how much you have. It's about what you do with it. And remember, you and I will be held accountable. Yeah, and uh, and also the last thing is this. Ignoring the master's requests has consequences. You know, it. I mean, uh, I mean, some people when, when I first read it, I thought, "Wow, the master is going to cast the servant into the uttermost darkness." That's intense, Lord. That's intense. I don't want to be like this. But, but I felt like the Holy Spirit put on my heart, and he said, he, he says this. I felt like he says, "It's not about God casting the servant out of heaven or or into hell." It's more like the servant rejected the invitation to represent God or to reproduce what was given, um, uh, in uh, what was given to him in other people. So, so I just want to encourage each one of us that we all have talents, we all have gifts, we all have something that is amazing. Even though you don't think is amazing, but to other people, for some people, is amazing. You have to believe that. Whatever is from the Lord is amazing. It's not about us. It's never about us. It's about what the Lord has given us. So, so the so I've got some empowering questions for us um, for the breakout room, and uh, and at the end of the day, this parable is about representing Christ, representing the character of God, and it's about reproducing Christ, reprodu reproducing what the Lord has uh, given us, right? And uh, it's about reviewing what we do. And I'm not saying that everything that we do is right. You know, I mean, we, we are we are limited human beings. We are broken vessels. Of course, we will do. Of course, we will do things wrong. Of course, we have done things wrong, and that's why we have to review it. Um, and at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves: Are we ready for the Lord's return? Are we ready? So we have some empower, we have some empowering questions for all of us, and I'm going to read it out here, and uh, feel free to use it as as tools for your breakout room. Um, let's identify one area of your life in which you have not been representing Christ, and how do you change it? Right. Remember, you are not powerless to change. You have the power to change. Number two, how do I represent what was given to me in other people, right? How do we do this? Number three, how do we review and unlearn what was wrong and who was uh, and who's journeying with you and holding you accountable for it, right? This is pretty sobering, but hey, look, if we want to succeed, if we want to do well, we have to do these things, right? Number four, Identify one area of your life that you are not ready for the Lord's return. And how can you make it right? How can you make it right? So these are the questions. And this is the parable. Um, so I just want to pray for all of us. I want to pray that take it as an encouragement. You know, don't take it as a, I mean, take it as a warning as well. But take it as an empowerment, as an encouragement that, hey, you know what? I think I can do a little bit better because I trust the Lord. You know, being faithful means 
the Lord means the Lord is able to depend on you. To have faith means you have, uh, sorry, let me go back. To have faith means you can depend on the Lord. But being faithful means the Lord can depend on you. And this is the whole meaning. The whole meaning of the parable is that can the Lord depend on you? Can the Lord depend on me? 